Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Back in the 630 Chad Studios, Derek Scott, who, uh, Derek, you have a fan, by the way, and it's a guy whose opinion I um, I like because uh, he basically coaches talent, but Kurt Levins of the Cult of Hockey is a big fan of yours. So you, oh, yes, I know Kurt well. Yeah, he's a great guy. And um, and then uh, we got uh, Cody Jansen back in the studio as well. Cody's going to be helping us out as, uh, tomorrow. So uh, lots of help on today's show. Bob Stoffer with you. I, but just before we go to Brian Lawton, I want to read this text from Haji. He says, Bob, do you really think that Shirelli has a positive relationship with Jesse? It was his regime that Jesse chose Finland over the development plan Shirelli had laid out for him. In terms of um, <laughs> uh, in terms of return, could Paul Yarby Paul get you the rights to Paul, assuming uh, Paul... Uh, would consider Edmonton and Tampa Bay couldn't afford to resign Paul from Haji. Haji, this is unlike you. Uh, Nick Paul has signed a seven-year extension at three million bucks already. His agent's Paul Capizano. Uh, as for Peter Shirelli, St. Louis is moving players. Just remember that they're moving players. Okay, they have a heavy Russian influence on their team. I think they're going to have a less heavy Russian influence shortly. You can text us at 780-496-0063. And you can read that and interpret that any way you want. We go to our editors now. Headliner today, Brian Lawton uh, for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. He is the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning and started Octagon's player agency. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Good. Uh, Mike Greer announced yesterday as GM of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, we heard Ray Whitney was in the mix there. Scott Mellenby was in the mix. Um, we know. J- just to cl- can you now verify that you interviewed for the position there? Yes, I also uh, was in the mix, so to speak. Um, it was an interesting process. It was a long process, to be honest with you, but it was a very thorough process. And, uh, you know, it's funny, as you go through the process, you hear different things each time you have an interaction. And I'm not really surprised uh, choosing a person that had been a former shark was something that was identified to me as as important, but it wasn't the be-all, end-all. Ray Whitney, of course, played for the Sharks, as myself and Mike did. 
of course. And um, somebody maybe a little bit younger seemed like it was part of the target through the process to me. Yeah. And uh, not necessarily younger in age, but younger in not having maybe been a general manager before or younger in his management career. Uh, my career, I actually knew Mike's dad um, from New England. His dad, of course, was a big-time football player. His brother is a GM for the Miami Dolphins as well. It's a really interesting family. Mike's a terrific guy. Uh, I think he'll do a very good job. It's not going to be an easy job. They have a lot of work to do there. But, um, yes, I was absolutely involved in that process. Did you do more than one interview? I did. Yeah. Uh, how, just do they fly you in or do you do that over Zoom? How does that work, Brian? Uh, every situation is different. I've interviewed for some other teams. Obviously, in the pandemic world, there's a lot more Zoom that goes on. In that particular process, I interviewed a number of times, and it was all via Zoom. You, and, um, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, uh, when you do an interview like that, do you have to stick to how, like, let's just say hypothetically, you know, maybe there's someone above the food chain for me that I always just tell, you know, my my opinion, whether I'm right or wrong. You know what I mean? I, it, it, you know, you try not to throw anybody else under the proverbial bus in the process. But I do think that uh, I, I had somebody the Kaiser Soze of Edmonton money back in the 1980s tell me, Bob, never lie to anybody who's your employer. Even if it's even if it's bad news, even if it's bad news about, you know, underwhelming this or whatever, um, just be brutally honest. And the guy told me, he said one time he made a mistake negotiating a deal on behalf of the company that he was with that cost his uh, <laughs> the boss, an extra, you know, the owner of the company, an extra $4 million. <laughs> So he's, yeah. you know, and so I, I kind of had to chuckle at that. So when you go into San Jose, like maybe you get the sense that the owner doesn't want to rebuild. Do you have uh, how brutally honest are you with? Because I look at San Jose, and to me, Brian, they're they're like a guy that's three quarters bald that needs to just commit to being bald. That's what I look at San Jose. Maybe I'm wrong. So take take me through that process. Well. Uh, first of all, I, I was unsuccessful, so you have to take that into account. <laughs> but yes, never, never lie is something that I feel very strongly about in those interviews, number one. Number two, don't try to think what answer people want from you. I actually discussed this at one point with one of the people because, you know, they had made a comment about it, and I just said, look, I can assure you I'm not wasting any of my time trying to think what you want me to say so I can get this job. I've already done this job before, and it's important that you convey who you are. Ultimately, that will be beneficial, in this case, for the organization, the Sharks, but it's also really beneficial for you if you do get the job. You're not going to go able to, you're not going to be able to go in there and change who you are or how you work. So I literally was like, look it, I can assure you I'm not spending one moment on that. I'm telling you what I think. If you ask me, I will tell you, and I will tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because there's no way around it. Uh, My feeling with organizations is I I have some things that are always uh, repeatable. 
you know, one of them is it's hard for organizations to self-evaluate. Generally, when they get to the point of they're making a change, they have missed the mark on that. And that's why, you know, you often hear the saying, it's good to get fresh eyes. I do think it will benefit the San Jose Sharks enormously with maybe a fresh perspective on their players. Um, That's just something that's super critical. All right. Uh, Switching uh, focus, but tied to San Jose, and I threw this out there for the listeners. Evander Kane, represented by Dan Milstein, who's trying to get the best possible deal for his agent. Evander Kane was a great fit here. He scored 35 goals in 58 regular season playoff games. He, he, you know, McDavid and Drysaddle drove it, but he was a human. Zach Hyman, in particular, uh, had, you know, were huge contributors as well for three rounds of the playoffs. What would, what would, would you go? Five years, seven plus million on a banner cane. And that's the question I threw out there for the listeners. Would you prepare to offer up a term that long and a price point that high? Brian, if you were the GM of the Edmonton Letters, would you do that? No, I would not. Okay. What's the max term you'd go on Kane? Four years. Okay. And, and that's that's just been, that's been baked in by the past history, and I don't think this is a one-sided equation. I do think it would benefit Evander to go shorter rather than longer, number one. Hmm. Um, even if I had to pay him a higher amount, I would certainly consider that. And Evander was so great this year. He was focused. He was everything the Oilers could have hoped for him to be. It's easy to make an argument that, uh, and this is without commenting on, you know, the continuing somewhat saga that's going on with him in terms of determination. You know, that's a whole nother thing. But I do think short-term benefits him. I think he's a guy when he's focused, he is an elite, elite power forward in the National Hockey League. At times when he hasn't been, it has not gone so well for him or the team. This was a perfect storm this year. Could he continue on for five years with that kind of focus? Yes, of course he could. But I think that the club, whoever it is, has a chance to say, hey, wait a minute, we can't completely ignore the past history. And focus has been an issue. If Vander is not focused, then I think it's really detrimental to the club. So I, that, that's an argument that will be philosophical. That's an argument you want to have in person. That's, a, that's an argument that could benefit both parties. So I would be opposed to a longer guaranteed deal. You just don't want Evander to slip back into a comfort level, to not be the best version of himself every day, um, which continues to benefit him and the club equally. They are aligned in their goals. Brian Lawton, former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, started Octagon's Player Agency, joining us in Oilers now in the River Cree Resort. You've referred, uh, you know, with Yessa Pogliarvi, the the offense is not instinctual with him. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's got a lot of strengths. I wouldn't say he's a gifted, elite offensive player. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion out there about him. There's a... I know that Daniel Nugent Bowman, I'll reference him uh, from The Athletic, uh, basically talked about the fact that maybe there's a different perspective from the agency than there is from the team in terms of where he slots in next year. He could be traded. If he is traded, 
And the position that the Oilers are in right now, does logic dictate that it ends up being for a, uh, a current player as opposed to prospects and picks? What would you do in that situation if you were Ken Holland, Brian? In a perfect world, you would get a current player back. That would help you. It doesn't always work out as a perfect world, unfortunately. Yes, he has you know, worked really hard to develop himself into being a National Hockey League player. It's clear that he is. The decision isn't that, yes, he's not a good player. The decision is what's best for the organization. And with the amount of money he's going to command and the other possible tracks that Ken Holland would be looking at, you could easily make a case that he could be the odd man out. Part of that has to do with return. You don't know what the answer that is until you really get serious about it. I'd imagine Ken Holland's figuring that out right now. Managing is a fluid equation. There's a lot of different paths you could take. As a guy that's interviewed for a few different jobs, I understand people always want you to write out what are the concrete plans. And I generally do that. I've done it a number of times. But almost every time, it's very quickly outdated. You have to be flexible. You have to be agile. Uh, Sometimes you have to let good players go. In my opinion, the Oilers would be best served if they could make a good trade or a good return for an existing player. If they couldn't do that, but they're still working on the path of potentially keeping or signing other guys, and that's the final decision, then taking back prospects or picks would not be the end of the world for them. Brian Lautner, Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. All right, Brian, now we're going to tap into your experience as an agent. So next week is free agency. How many conversations take place between the agents representing the pending UFAs and the managers? I think we have uh, people listening to the show right now that just assume, well, you know, this doesn't really pick up until the day uh, that free agency opens. But we both know that's not really the case, is it? No, I mean, to be honest with you, in the normal course of action, whether you're a general manager or an agent, there are, are ongoing conversations throughout the year about players. And it's almost easier in the middle of the year to say if you were an agent and representing Kadri, it's very easy for an agent to say, what are you guys going to do at the center ice position after this year? We'll say the Oilers because that's a terrible example for him. So it's just hypothetical. Yeah. But let's say there was some plan where they were going to trade Connor McDavid. We'll pick the most unlikely of things. Then uh, you might get a response back from that question. And, hey, you never know. Hang on. You know, he's played great. Let's see what happens. You're not allowed to negotiate. You're not allowed to say as a general manager that I will take him this summer. But there's a lot of casual conversations that are going on yearly. I think the NHL knows that. They've tried different formats to root out some of the cheating, so to speak. Um, you know, ultimately, I don't think you can ever quite solve it. I really can't. I just think you try to police it as much as possible. You try to stay ahead of things, and it is what it is. I think the NHL is, is going to continue to be vigilant and trying to do that, but they also recognize it's a tough job. We're joined right now by Brian Lawton. Brian, we discussed Evander Kane. Would you have any hesitation if you were Ken Holland bringing in Claude Giroux on a two-year deal at, say, $5 million per if you couldn't get Kane done? 
I would have a little personally. That's just personal flavor. I think Claude's a wonderful player. Um, he could be a, a, a Joel Pavelski type player in terms of, you know, Joe is he's not carried around by Rupe Hintz and Jason Robertson. Right. But they do a lot of the leg work, and then Joe really shines, particularly in a, almost a half-court game, if you will. Uh, Code has some of that, in my opinion, at this stage in his career. Uh, I would it, – it's not something I would not do. It's just something that wouldn't be my first or second or probably even third option. But as you find out when you're a general manager, you don't get to pick your first option all the time. So you have to do this as part of your due diligence, and you actually, you know, have to really be ahead of it. So you have to, you know, make sure maybe in some of those casual conversations that happen throughout the year that it's a fluid equation. And, you know, no matter what, as a GM, they're just, it's just turned into where you're trying to maintain strong relationships so that when you need to be flex- flexible and agile quickly, you already have a relationship in place to make decisions like that and then to execute on them quickly, quickly being when free agency opens. When you were an agent, did you ever, I mean, you told the story about the oiler, and I remember the DVD, the oiler, they brought me in. This is before I was doing the team's games. And this is well, way back when. This is in, it would have been like 2000, I think it was the summer of 2007. It was a year after they lost Pronger and, you know, they had to trade Pronger to, to Anaheim because he requested the trade. Um, and I think Kevin Lowe got five pieces in that trade. You know, like he got Schmid, he got Lupul, he ended up getting a number one that turned out to be Everly. He used another number one to trade back to Anaheim to get Dustin Tanner, right, uh, as a, well, not to trade, but in terms of a, an offer sheet, the last offer sheet. Two offer sheet. Yeah. yeah. And it was the last successful offer sheet there was. And here's where I mention it, people. In the same time frame, Dustin Penner outscored Ryan Smith, who was beloved in this market. And the Oilers got Oscar, a number one from L.A. and Colton Tubert, a former number one, back in a trade for Penner. So, and that number one turned out to be Oscar Clefbaum. So they basically got Schmied, Clefbaum, uh, Jordan Everly, all as part of the return. Uh, the loophole thing obviously didn't work out too well, uh, but anyhow, I digress. Did you ever have organizations that you just, or or, or have a relationship with a general manager where you knew it wasn't going to work with with your players? As an agent? Yes. Uh, yes, I did. There was one agent that one general manager that used to be an agent that absolutely hated me. He couldn't stand me. Him and I had the biggest, you know, breakdown one time in the negotiation, and that was Pierre Lacroix. And that went on for years until finally a player came along where it broke the log jam, and that was Mike Madonna. And Pierre was running Colorado. We had had a blow-up over Mark Parrish. I felt like Pierre tried to do something deceitful. I let him know that. It wasn't that well received. We never talked for years. I was persona non grata. Running Octagon, that's why part of the strength was in the number of agents we had and other people could go to Pierre on deals and work it out. But eventually, he had to call me on Mike Madonna 
because he had interest in Mike and I was representing Mike. And uh, wow, that's a, that's when we buried the hatchet. But I bet you that was five years later, at least four, <laughs> where he just would not speak to me. And when I when I was a was an agent, it was very clear to me it was it was kind of kill or be killed. The people that treated me with respect, I always treated with respect. The people that stuffed me every time they could, I tended to stuff them back. It was the law of the jungle in my eyes. I'm not necessarily proud of it, but that's the way I looked at it. And it just, you know, it was a system that was familiar to me. It was almost like being a player. Get it done or don't get it done. I felt like Pierre was pretty abusive to me. Hmm. Um, I still don't know where he was coming from on that. I'm sure, and God bless him, he passed away, obviously, but I'm sure if he were here, he'd say, no, you're wrong, Brian. We'd probably argue about it again, but we did bury the hatchet, and I did feel good about that. But it took a major player for him to be able to make that phone call. Just so the listeners are aware, Pierre Lacroix was so emotional that he actually got into it with Detroit Red Wings players as a GM. Uh, his, oh, yeah. son, his son, Eric who I think is in the Avs organization right now. Uh, a lot of people thought it was Eric Lacroix, who was uh, kind of a secondary, I, you know, he was, uh, what would you call him, a depth energy guy with a little bit of toughness. It wasn't exactly. Eric. It was exactly. It was it was Pierre that got into. I forget which Detroit player it was, but there was an altercation after a game between Pierre and a couple of the Detroit players. So he uh, brought a little bit of heat back in the day. No. Pierre had a lot of heat, and we had we we had a blow up that was so epic. Someday I'll tell that story, but it's just part of the business. It didn't work out. He wasn't a bad guy, but he was emotional. And to put it in context, as a former player, it was it's incredibly rare when you're managing, when even when you're coaching. I mean, the fact that John John Tortorella went so crazy one time still shocks me to this day. Yeah. You're not in the battle when you're coaching or you're managing. Uh, yeah. And you have to keep it that way. I'm sorry. Uh, when I've seen it happen, it's never sat well with me in the past. I don't care what the circumstances are. I was so mad the night Alex Ovechkin scored. I don't know, it might have been his 60th goal. And people will remember this. Like, I was really, really upset. He was waving his hands over his stick like it was so hot. And I was just livid about it. I was the GM in Tampa at the time. But I am not in the battle. I am not on the ice. And I was mad, but I dropped it. And that's the way I think you have to handle that stuff. You're not playing the game anymore. You have to have some perspective. So I've been there. I know what it feels like. But uh, the fact that that happened with Pierre, it does speak to how fiery he was. I'm not suggesting it's the right thing to do, though. Awesome stuff, Brian. Love having you on the show. you got great stories, and we'll do this again, okay? My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. That is Brian Lott. He's our Reuters now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. A reminder, the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. I know Trent Brown's out at Kevin Carius's Easter Seals Golf Tournament today. James H. Brown, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. When we come back, NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing. It is 1256 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now.
Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring the night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue, 1257 in Edmonton. Roos Chris open Wednesday through Sunday from 10 to 5 till 10 p.m. As we go to NHL Today, presented by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandising specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Some real unfortunate news. At the NHL Draft in Montreal, former Edmonton Oiler Brian Marchman, aged 53, has passed away yesterday uh, of course uh, Mush was working for the San Jose Sharks yesterday the Sharks announced Mike Greer as their new GM he spent the first six seasons of his NHL career in Edmonton um other little tidbits uh, there's been lots of discussion uh, by the way uh, orders general I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Manager Ken Holland is currently in the GM meetings uh, and will be so until the end of the show today. We'll endeavor to get some clips from uh, Ken coming up or possibly have him on the show tomorrow. Um, We'll see. We'll see if there's any movement here in the next 48 hours. I think there's a possibility something could happen with the Oilers. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. David Staples called to hockey when we return. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.